you. Our guest this week is St. Sebastian's parishioner uh, and longtime uh, theology faculty member at Marquette University High School, uh, Mr. Dan Hollihan. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, John. Thanks very much. Uh, thanks for doing this. Sure, no problem. You just finished the school day, right? Yeah, we have a we have a standard eight period day, so I happen to have well, without getting too complicated, we have forward and reverse days. So today is a reverse day, and I have first period off. So, oh. um, it's usually it's my prep period, but at the end of the day, it's sometimes I I spend it I don't spend it wisely. So this is the best way I'm spending it in a while. I think so. <laughs> well, that's good. I like that. Um, tell me, uh, I don't even know the answer to this. How long have you been at Marquette High? Okay, I'm, this is my 34th year at Marquette High School. So I started in 1988. Um, I had just completed, actually I had completed four years as the Director of Religious Education at St. Catharines, and then um, was hired at, uh, at Marquette High, so. I didn't even know that. Yep, I had, uh, I started, um, I started, let's see, the, the path I took, I guess, without getting into too much detail, I guess, but uh, I went to high school seminary, St. Lawrence Seminary in Mount Calvary. And then I spent two years in the college program there. Then I was a Capuchin for five years after that. And at the end of my Capuchin career, I had started uh, graduate school in um, Chicago at Catholic Theological Union. And so I was working on, at that time, working on a Master of Divinity degree and decided to leave the Capuchins. And then came back to Milwaukee and I had enough money for uh, one semester at Marquette University. So I, uh, I well, it, unless I found a job. So I had a, I was doing that. So I lived with my grandmother across the street from St. Catharines. Um, my mother is a, is a, a native of Milwaukee and long was, and my grandmother, um, longtime parishioner at St. Catharines. Uh, my grandfather actually taught at Marquette High as well in the 30s, 40s and 50s. And um, so I, it was very inexpensive to live with my grandmother. So I came, uh, I started at Market U trying to finish up a master's in theology um, and uh, happened to be there. So I did happen to find a job at the library of Market U and then I was able to continue my studies and got my master's. And then at Market U, I met Maureen and that's how we got married. And, you know, again, that's another another branch of the whole family thing we talk about. But, um, after that, it was when I finished up my master's, I had been working at Marquette U and was looking to use my master's in theology for, for something. And I wanted to, wanted to work for the church. Wanted, I'd like to, um, you know, to kind of that, uh, that evangelization idea. Yeah. And um, so I did get a job at St. Catherine's uh, in 84. And that was when our first son was born. And so I worked there for four years and then felt the need to do something different and um, knew some of the some of the faculty members and administrators from Marquette High School were at were members at St. Catharines at the time. Mm -hmm. And so they suggested I apply and so I applied at Marquette. I, I applied to a number of different places, um, both in religious education, uh, DRE stuff, family formation, those kind of things, and then also teaching at Marquette High School. And um, I guess if I would have known then what I know now, I, you know, I, um, you know, it might have been a different kind of move. But uh, um, I, again, I I look forward to teaching. I really enjoy it uh, this year more than ever. I think, and and uh, I really love Market. I, I really enjoy Market High School, and uh, um, it reminds. I started patterning my my teaching career after my own high school experience, and I learned uh, pretty quickly that. I, 
there was a little distance between my high school career and and the students I was teaching. So <laughs> I've been working over these past 34 years to really sharpen my uh, teaching abilities and my skills in the classroom. So it's been a it's been a great ride, and I look forward to uh, again. I um, I, I don't take things with the long view as much as I used to. So as, I got, as they've gotten older and gone through a few things, um, but I really do enjoy teaching and uh, uh, it's a good place to be and I really enjoy it. That's my, uh, that's my pitch for Marquette High. If anyone watches it and wants to know how to, you know, where they want their sons to go to high school. So I, I love that. And I want to follow up on that, but I have, I have about seven questions. I got to pick which one I want to ask. Well, sure. first of all, what do you teach at Marquette High? Um, I teach theology. So um, in the past, over the past 34 years, the only class I've consistently taught for 34 years is sophomore theology. So um, which, which is, I hope it doesn't show, which is, uh, was originally was a, a morality and um, a sacraments mix. Yeah. And then I, I forget when we went to, we split it up into semesters. And so I focused on moral decision-making, which is a sophomore course. And then this year, we had another switch. And so this first semester, which I've really enjoyed, I teach New Testament. And as I joke with the students, I, I'm hoping to get through the Gospel of Mark uh, during the semester. So uh, we gotta, we're, starting to, we're starting to pick up some ground in the Gospel of Mark so we can at least talk about a few other authors in the New Testament. But uh, uh, that's new this year. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then I teach, uh, I have taught um, juniors and seniors. This year I'm teaching seniors a world a Catholicism and world religions course, but okay. I've also I've also taught for many years, which I really enjoyed the philosophy elective. When I uh, majored in philosophy in college, I didn't even actually think I would actually use my philosophy degree, <laughs> um, but I wound up teaching for uh, you know over thirty years um, the philosophy elective here at Marquette High School for seniors. So oh, I really did enjoy that. Yeah, that's great. Um, uh, what is your favorite thing to teach? Wow, um, that's a tough one. I've, I've, I, I really, I mean, for myself, I like church history a lot. Uh, and I've taught church history for a, a, a few years, a number of years in, during my career. But sometimes I think I, I might be one of the few people in the classroom who really likes church history. So that's <laughs> been more of a challenge, I think. Sure. Um, I really do like the sophomore course, which is a moral decision-making course, helping um, 15 and 16-year-old boys uh, trying to make good decisions. You know what it, what it entails to to develop their conscience. What it what are the sources that go into making a good decision? Right. Um, I really have enjoyed that. I must admit, over the and I've taught that every year since since I started. Um, but I think all the classes that I've taught. Um, for the most part, I, I, I'm kind of the, what I like to say, I'm kind of like the utility infielder. Um, if, and I was department chair for a number of years. And, you know, if there's a gap and they need someone to teach something, usually I'll volunteer to teach something. So I get a number of classes that maybe I haven't taught, which is kind of a challenge, sure. um, but uh, it is, it's, I enjoy different things and just trying different things and seeing where it fits. Um, thank, thank God that you're teaching 15 and 16 year old boys morality. Someone needs to do that. <laughs> I don't, I don't promise uh, results. Maybe their parents want, but you know, I tell them I only have them for a semester, so <laughs> I do the best I can with the semester that I have. Um, uh, I, 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 I want to go back to the Capuchins, but before I do that, I want to talk about Marquette. What, um, 
what do you love about Marquette High? You, you, you're, you're pitching it. Uh, give us a, a specific about what you love about it. Well, again, as I as I like to joke, I'm a I'm a you know I'm one of the one of the Franciscan-hearted people at Marquette High School among the Jesuits, um, but I really have discovered I think um, a, a real gift in the spirituality of Saint Ignatius of Loyola, um, and I think what we try to do is imbue the students with that same you know again, and it's a different level. These are you know 14 to 18 year old boys. Um, but we really try to to carry on that spirit of Saint Ignatius, and I think that really has has been a um, something that has really contributed to my own spiritual development and my relationship with God. So I, I think in our attempt to really make this a good experience, a good Catholic Ignatian experience for high school boys, um, I think that's really what has kept me here and what's drawn me here. And I just I think the place supports uh, the school supports the development of of the spirituality and the spiritual development of the faculty members. I think it also tries to encourage the students um, to to do the same, to grow in their own spiritual. And again, within the context of of you know boys fourteen to eighteen, there's you know certain limits you have to you know accept. But it it is trying to to put it at that level, to, to give them a good, what we call the gratic grad is one of the things that is real important. The five, the five components that we focus on, um, being open to growth, that we want the students to be open to growth, that we want them to be intellectually excellent. Um, we want them to be um, committed to justice. We want them to be loving. We want them to be religious. And I think those, uh, the components of the philosophy of the gratic grad, I think is really something that I think it's, and I think every, I'm, I suspect most high schools are in a similar situation, but I found that that has been really beneficial for me as well as for the students. That, that, that sounds very fantastic. That's good. Um, uh, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. that. That gives us insight into the, to the place that you spend so much time. Um, I was going to yeah, you just check with my wife. She can, she can, uh, she can support that for for that as well so <laughs> let's yeah, let's talk about that tell, tell us about your family i know your family is very important. um so my wife maureen and i just celebrated our 39th wedding anniversary this year um we yeah. were actually married on um her parents maureen's parents wedding anniversary as well so they're now deceased but uh um, we remember them as well on our wedding anniversary uh five children um our oldest, Brendan, is uh, 37. Now I'm going to get in all kinds of trouble, but 37. And then Eamon's 35. And then Claire is 33. And Maeve is 30, I think. 30, I think. And then our youngest, Fiona, is 25. So <laughs> the three girls are graduates of St. Sebastian's, and the two yeah. boys are graduates of St. Catherine's. So Fantastic. That's great. That's good. Um, uh, I, I, I've gotten to know your kids and, and can attest that uh, you have... Uh, infuse that moral development very good into them so <laughs> well I married well so that's that pays off so <laughs> if you don't mind me going back for a second maybe this is a talk about your um maybe this is our transition into into talking about your faith I was I wanted to ask you about your Capuchin experience okay. and you don't have to get into detail if you want if you don't want to but I'm um I'm really curious about it I have described myself as um someone living in a Jesuit world at Marquette University with with a 
Franciscan heart too. <laughs> so I think you and I yep. are cut from the same. Now cloth. they're not. They're not. They're not mutually exclusive. So just no. so everyone's sure of that, that they yeah. work together. But it's absolutely, a little absolutely. different spirituality. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but tell me, like, what, what was that experience like for five years, huh? Well, I grew up in Fond du Lac, and and um, I think it was it was probably Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts. We did a you know. Um, did a retreat at Camp Shaganapi. I don't know why I remember that. It's just probably the name sticks with somebody. But um, and we had actually one of the vocation directors from St. Lawrence Seminary, which was in Mount Calvary. So, but it's about ten or twelve miles outside of Fond du Lac. And he came and showed us a movie on the Franciscans and the Capuchins, and he talked to us. and And I was just infatuated with that. And actually, um, at that age, so I was maybe, you know, ten or eleven. I don't mm -hmm. know how old it was. But from our parish, St. Joe's in Fond du Lac, um, our pastor, Monsignor Reardon, in those days, was very proud of the fact that he, he sent, a, well, not sent, but a number of our you know, students from St. Joe's would go to the seminary, and they would go to St. Lawrence. So I, I always knew it was there, and I got connected, or I had experience. My father was involved in community theater, and he went up there and helped someone with the plays and makeup and things like that. So I got a chance to go up there and so I knew it was there and, and for whatever reason, it was just a place I always thought I would might like to go when I was uh, in high school. And um, then we moved out of Fond du Lac and moved to Ripon. And at the time I thought, well, maybe this is the time for me to make a transition too. So I went to St. Lawrence in 1969 and graduated in 1973. And it was my first experience of, of you know, living away from home. And again, I'm the oldest of seven. And so that living away from home didn't seem like such a bad idea at the time. Um, <laughs> get a little of my own space. And of course, what did I do? But I, you know, wound up living with a hundred other guys as freshmen and, you know, that kind of thing. So right. <laughs> I didn't really, it wasn't like I was not without a family, but it was a different kind of experience. So I really had a, uh, my high school, in fact, as I tell people and, you know, my, uh, we'll be in 19, I mean, in 2023, we'll be celebrating our 50th anniversary. I don't, I don't ever think I'm that old. Maybe it's teaching sophomores all day that I don't <laughs> consider myself old, but yeah. um, I will be out of high school 50 years by then. And, and my best friend, you know, some, um, some of my best friends, I have a lot of good friends, but the friends that are the closest to me are the ones that I went, the guys I went to high school with, the number of the guys I went to high school with, but the, the, the spirituality of Franciscanism, that idea of, you know, kind of really dependence on God, of being, living simply, living, um, you know, kind of using the vows, if you will, of poverty, chastity, and obedience to guide your life were really significant for me. And, and I just, as I continued on, uh, not all my, I mean, I, I think we were talking and I don't think any of my classmates um, remained as Capuchins, but we had, I think, one or two one of our classmates and he died unfortunately a number of years ago um, but most of my classmates are you know living um, married lives with children and and I actually one of my classmates um, became a Lutheran pastor because he felt the need to minister but uh, didn't want to remain as a celibate so that sure. kind of thing and sure um, but I I stayed I you know took um, joined the the cap officially after two years of college and and um, I was stationed as I like to say in in a number of the central cities of the Midwest Rust Belt so I lived in uh, well I went from Huntington Indiana where a new bishop was to Detroit and I lived in Detroit for a few years and 
then I lived in Chicago and I took some side trips to Milwaukee and spent some summers there. So I really enjoyed the, the life of, of um, being dependent on God, I guess you'd say, and not de- trying not to be dependent on other things. And um, it was, you know, it was, it was not without its challenges, um, but it was something I really um, really gained great depth, I think, in my life about, and I learned some some lessons that have stayed with me throughout my uh, throughout my adult life, and uh, really remember every day the the um, the many Capuchins who supported me. And when I think about it now, I think about it having been a parent or being a parent um, that these these men, you know, really helped raise me through my adolescence and my early adulthood, and and. Unfortunately, uh, not everyone, and I realized that after the the whole sex abuse crisis and things like that, that not everyone had the same experience that I did. But mine was a uh, very, uh, very powerful and very deep experience of 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 good things that happened, and and I'm very grateful for that. And and I um, I'm saddened by the 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 experience that some of some of the people who went through the program had and. And uh, it, it's a mixed bag, and and uh, but it really provided for me an opportunity to grow and to understand life from a from a different perspective. That I think is uh, something I guess um, you know when you think about the future, that um, a, a simpler lifestyle I think would benefit a lot of us as we as we travel on into the world ahead. So. <laughs> Yeah, a, a lot of wisdom in what you just said. Uh, uh, I, I, yeah, um, thank you, thank you for that. Um, okay. Hey, I wanted to ask you about your your current life situation. You had some recent challenges. I wondered if you wanted to talk about that at all. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, we had this thing called COVID nineteen, and and uh, uh, I guess still going on. As I took my masks off for this interview, but um, <laughs> that. It, and again, Market High has put in a lot of things in place to, to try and protect our students from it. But um, last year, about well, just a little over a year ago, um, two of my children got married. Um, and, uh, you know, the first, Brendan got married at St. Catharines in May of 2020. And, you know, we were restricted in terms of numbers and, and you know, we could only have immediate family. Then my daughter, Maeve, got married at St. Sebastian's in August. And, we could have more people at that time. So we thought, oh yeah, okay, COVID-19, it's, you know, it's on the run and things like that. And well, sure enough, it wasn't on the run. And, and uh, my wife and I both contracted COVID-19 in November. And so I thought, well, okay, I made it through that. So there's nothing I have to really worry about. And, <laughs> and I had been to my regular doctor's, doctor's appointments. He checks me for, you know, as I say, old man's diseases, uh, cholesterol and high blood pressure. And as he said, the third strike was diabetes, but I don't have that yet. So knock on wood, but um, so, you know, life was streaming along pretty well with just normal stuff. And then um, uh, they thought I had some kidney troubles. I was, had some kidney issues. And so I went to a nephrologist and um, he took some tests and, you know, I paid the insurance for it and all that kind of good stuff. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then in December of 2020, at the end of December, he gave me a call and he said, well, you know, um, your kidneys look okay. And I thought, okay, that's good. He said, but I made an appointment for you at the Lombardi Cancer Clinic. And I said, 
oh really <laughs> and he oh. said yeah you have uh, I, I want them to I, I need a second opinion on some stuff so my brother had been through I have a young uh, I said I'm the oldest of seven so one of my brothers had had prostate cancer mm -hmm. um, and he's recovered thankfully and and, and with that Good. and my dad my father died of cancer in 2000 so um, we've had an experience of cancer in our family um, but they, they said uh, okay you know you should do this. And so I went there and, and uh, I had not, I've been feeling well. I had not had any experiences of any kind of, I'm always in good health. I've, you know, I think as I joked with some of my colleagues um, over the course of 33 years at that time, you could count on, on two hands, the number of days I've missed from school. Mm. Um, well, I probably should have stayed home a number of times, but I just, <laughs> I just don't do that. So right. um but then, in, so in 2020, at the end of December, I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, which is a cancer of the, of the plasma, apparently, in the, in the bone marrow. Um, luckily, our daughter, youngest daughter, Fiona, was going through an anatomy and physiology course for some of the, the direction she wanted to take in her life. And she was able to explain uh, to Maureen and I what this was all about with, uh, with uh, video, or not video, but uh, slides from, you know, from YouTube and things like that. So anyways. Uh, the doctor said, okay, this is what's going to happen. And we're going to start you on chemotherapy. And I went to see the doctor, I think on a Tuesday, the Tuesday before Christmas. And he said, okay, we're going to start you on, on this on uh, Wednesday. <laughs> and I said, and I said, uh, oh, okay. And um, the nurse came in, of course, said, uh, no, the doctors, we're not going to start you on, on Wednesday. We don't have time to do that. But so I, I wound up from January until April, um, I was on a oral chemotherapy pill, uh, and then I had a got a shot every week uh, for uh, for trying to keep the multiple myeloma in check. And then what they were preparing me for was a, a, a stem cell transplant. So in April, I uh, went on medical leave from Marquette High School and had a stem cell transplant. Uh, I guess the word is autologous. Um, they take my own stem cells, kind of clean them off, freeze them up, and then they warm them up, thankfully, and then put them back in my body. And um, so I've been, I'm one of those, I, I'm the face of the immunocompromised many in the, in the world today. So I have, uh, they tell me, I don't, I feel fine. As I said, from, from my uh, shins up, I feel just fine. And I have some neuropathy in my feet. So that's a little bit of a challenge, but um, I have to, I will be starting uh, probably in, let's see, uh, like three, three, two or three weeks, I'll be starting to take all my childhood immunizations over again, because it gets wiped out in the, in the, uh, um, with the stem cell transplant. So the joke was that I have a, we have a new grandson, Brendan and his wife, Katie have a baby. And uh, um, he was, he was born in May. And the joke was he and he and grandpa were going to take their shots together, but uh, he's a, he's ahead of me. He's got a, like three or four in already and I haven't started yet. So, but um, no, I'm feeling fine. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, one of the unfortunate things is I, I was, I'm involved in the St. Vincent de Paul society at, at uh, St. Sebastian's, which I really enjoy. It's a, it's a great group of people. That's my pitch for them. A great group of people doing, trying to do good things for the poor and those who are in need. Um, and I'm fine, but because I'm immunocompromised and because it's harder for me to walk, especially upstairs, um, I've been kind of just a, I've been a supportive member, but not really going out on the visits, which I, which I really enjoy. So 
but I, again, I'm feeling fine. Um, it's a condition that I'll have to live with for the rest of my life. There is no cure, I guess, for it, as they tell me. So it's, I just have to, I take, I'm on medication and that's, uh, hopefully that will keep my numbers down to, at my last doctor appointment, I said it was the multiple myeloma was negligible. So that was a good sign, I thought, good. so. That's wonderful. And, but uh, no, I feel fine. And I'm teaching full time. So I'm grateful for all kinds of things. Yeah, uh, a lot of people in the parish uh, have prayed for you. And I, I'm glad that you're feeling well. And you kind of with the pain in your feet, you have a cool accessory that you carry. Around. Yeah. <laughs> well, I use a cane, but it's kind of I, I joke with people. I say, well, I really don't need the cane, but it just looks so cool. That yeah, I it looks really cool. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's I can walk. I mean, I can walk okay, but I sometimes lose my balance because of, you know, I, I have to really be intentional when I move my feet. Mm -hmm. So I have to pick them up. I, you know, if I'm going too fast or trying to go laterally um, and, you know, I coach football for many years here at Market High School and, and uh, uh, you know, trying to teach kids to go laterally and things. And now it's me. I have to always think about lifting my feet up. So, but it's, you know, it's just, you know, I, as I said, I look at, I look at life and I say, um, I look at, I think of other people who have cancer and we've had some experiences here at Market High where faculty members, younger faculty members, um, wives have had cancer. And I look at the, you know, often the stories of children with cancer and yeah, I'm not going to be running any marathons. Of course, I never ran any marathons before this, but um, you know, it, if that's the only thing that happens to me as a result of of what I can and can't do, uh, you know, again, another opportunity to be grateful and to feel blessed. So I don't worry too much about it. It's a wonderful perspective. I'm sorry that you can't be a high school running back anymore. Yeah, <laughs> well, I never was, but uh, I always, uh, I, I was. I was always a lineman. I grew up as a lineman. And, you know, as I, as I like to joke, I can keep up with anyone. I used to be able to keep up with anyone for about five yards. And then after that, it was, you know, that was all, that was all she wrote, but uh, five yards. That's, that's pretty good. That's yeah. Good. That, that was okay. But uh, you know, once I get past the five yards, then it's, then it's like, goodbye. We'll see you later. Um, uh, I, I'm, I know a lot of people are very grateful that, that you're doing well and, and thanks for the update. Uh, well, and, and again, I, I just really believe in the power of, prayer i mean so many people have sent me their prayer that they're praying for me and they continue to pray for me and i know not everyone you know kind of buys into that but i just really believe i've been lifted up and um you know i the the i did we did here at school we did our president father mike marco uh we did the anointing of the sick before i went in for my uh, stem cell transplant and mm -hmm. you know it was just a powerful experience i just really believe in the power of prayer um I'm a lifelong Catholic because I believe that despite all the, you know, the problems and the issues that might face us in the Catholic Church as an institution, I just really believe that Jesus is present and the power of sacraments and, and all that just, it, it, it's, it's where it's supposed to be. And it's just a thing that it's what keeps us going. I mean, it certainly has kept me going. Yeah. So. And that's your pitch for the Catholic Church. There you go. Um, yeah, it, it's, um, you know, I, it, one of my friends, again, from high school, we were, we, he, he was going to do a Zoom book club. It didn't, I don't think it quite got off the ground, but um, he, he suggested a book and, and it was a book that was kind of critical of the Catholic church. And, and I've been reading it and uh, I, I'm not, I understand what, it, what the author is trying to say, but at the same time, 
Um, when I think of the Catholic Church and, and you know, I've seen both the, the ups and the downs and the good and the bad. And I teach church history, so I have a historical <laughs> perspective, or I have taught church history. Right. I have a historical perspective. But I just really believe that, you know, when I'm at church at St. Sebastian's or anywhere, and I hear the word proclaimed and I experience the sacraments, I just believe that Christ is present. And that's our connection to Jesus. And that's, uh, you know... And that's my connection to something that's deeper and, and stronger and more meaningful than a lot of the, you know, a lot of the experiences that are placed before us in the world today. So. Yeah, that's a, a wonderful testimony and witness. Thank you for sharing your perspective on that, Dan. Um, my last question that I ask everyone, and I wonder if you could reflect on is, um, when you think about, you know, the future, what do you, what do you, what are your hope? What do you hope for? Um, so every year, either at Christmas or my birthday, um, my family members will ask me what I want. And my first response, and my, my wife Maureen and the kids can attest to it, I always ask for world peace. That's what I, uh, and, and I read the comics quite frequently, well, as, as often as I can in the, in the paper. And uh, I still do get the paper. I like to have the, uh, the paper copy in my hands. So um, and I always, and occasionally there's something about world peace in there and I always get a good chuckle of that, but <laughs> I really would like, I, I'd like to see people come together, um, people willing to talk to each other. Um, I don't agree with everyone and I'm sure everyone doesn't agree with me. Um, and part of what I really like about teaching is to engender in the students an attitude that um, we can disagree on things, um, but we have to come together and at least share ideas and talk about um, where we're at. Have people in terms of accepting others, loving others, um, sharing ideas, being willing to um, to respect people for who they are and and what they're trying to do. And and I know there's, I guess I know there's evil in the world. Um, but I think the only way, and I, and, and I, I think there's a, a few quotes like this from Dr. King, but you know, the, that you, you confront evil with good and with love. And, and I think that's the challenge. And I'm not always, you know, I, I, when Pope Francis says he's a sinner, I don't really believe him. I must admit, <laughs> but, um, but I know that I, I am a sinner certainly. And I think in that understanding that we're not all, um, you know, we don't all have the answers, but we, a mentor of mine a long time ago talked to me about um, that we all have a piece of the truth. Mm -hmm. And the challenge is to put the pieces of truth together mm -hmm. and we will have the, the, the whole experience. And so I think that's, that's, a, that's a challenge that I see is recognizing, yeah, I have some of the truth, but so do you and so yeah. do other people that, that share it and see if we can build a better world or build a better place with those pieces of the truth so i think that makes a lot of sense and i'm i'm grateful that uh, there's teachers like you out there that are fostering that sense of dialogue with their students to to try to bring our truths together to understand the whole uh, of, of what god's trying to do in our lives so so thanks for that and and i also will just say um I have, you know, your your daughters have babysat my kids and taught my kids, and uh, and I know your son's a little bit. And I just the, the job you and Maureen have done with your family is uh, a model has been a model for for Lisa and I and our family. So well, thank you. Yeah, thank as you. I said, I married well, so. That, uh... <laughs> um, uh, I'm also grateful that that your health's doing good, and I and I thank you for your time today. Thanks so much for talking to us, and uh, I appreciate that, and and blessings on your journey, Dan.
Thank you. My pleasure.